Hey everybody, welcome to the Tech Analyst Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Shrout, Principal Analyst at Shrout Research. Joining me today is Kevin Linsing, Corporate Vice President inside AMD's Computing and Graphics Unit. Hey Ryan, thanks, thanks for, for having me. Absolutely. So uh, we're here today, we were talking through a lot, we went through some briefings about Ryzen Pro, the second generation of it, uh, both on desktop and mobile, and I wanted to pick your brain about sure. some things, right? Actually, one of the first things I want to ask about was these markets and these sizes. I think you, you went through some initial information about what the TAM was, what the addressable market yeah. was with this, and how Pro helps you address more of that than you could before. Yeah, for sure. What does that market size look like, and, and what does Pro Mobile and Desktop do for you there? Yeah, let me break it down a little bit, just uh, in simple terms. So if you look at our addressable TAM as a CPU provider into the PC space, the, the CPU TAM for PCs is $30 billion, a big number. So, um, so it's still a really healthy marketplace for us. And within that, the, the revenue is really heavily indexed towards the premium space. So of that $30 billion TAM, more than $20 billion of it mm. is in premium products. So only half of the TAM is in premium products, but two-thirds of the, of the revenue because the ASPs are higher, right? So that's the first thing is Ryzen gets it, lets us unlock that premium 20 plus billion dollar TAM that before we really didn't have a lot of access to. What, what is your definition of premium? So for us, it's like um, putting it into our competitors' parlance. It would be like Core i5, Core i7. Okay. Um, and then mainstream is like a i3 and below. That's that's sort of the nomenclature people understand. If you put it in system price points, it would be the performance in an in enthusiast space, $600 plus type, type uh, systems. Okay. And then within that premium TAM, Ryan, what's really, I, I think, maybe not as not intuitive to most people is it's actually a clean 50-50 split within that 20 plus billion between a consumer retail type environment and a commercial environment. So half of that premium market is commercial. So for us, it's critical to build out the Ryzen Pro product line and go attack that more than $10 billion of processor TAM. What about the division of desktop versus mobile? Right. Yeah. So when we talked about Ryzen Pro the first time, it was desktop yep. only. Yep. Right? And so now the second generation, the second wave of parts, you can address mobile. Is that key to getting to yeah. much of that TAM? Yeah, mobile is bigger from an overall TAM perspective. It's about... Uh, uh, 65% of the revenue comes from the mobile side. So mobile plus commercial together is the largest single subunit of that premium TAM. So that's why having this mobile pro product launch for the same, for the first time ever and having all of these OEM customers with us uh, with Ryzen-based products is super important. Yeah. And one of the other things that you brought up in the conversation or that AMD brought up in the conversation was this idea of this change in PC usage. Yeah. Um, the evolution of the workplace, people not you know wanting to switch devices. It was something that I think we inherently knew, but until you hear it verbalized or yeah. put on a slide for you, that hey, you know, people don't leave their desktop PCs at their office anymore. They don't. They're not coming in only at nine a.m. and leaving at they're five. Clocking in and clocking out. Like they Unfortunately, used to. for both of us, probably that's right. the case, right? So the importance of um, you know creating a device that somebody is both willing to use but also wants to use that can span both of those both of those segments. Yeah, absolutely. So so when you look at it, I actually saw 
our friends at HP showed me some of their own research about this. It's kind of where, where I started thinking about it more, especially amongst the younger workforce. This idea of going to work and then going home, that, that's just, it's foreign to them. They don't think of work-life balance. They think of work-life integration. They work when they're at home and they do personal stuff while they're at work. They don't live in an office um, and, and they roam and they expect a great device that they can use for both their personal uh, per- personal choices and for getting their work done. So it changes the perception of what a commercial PC needs to be. In the old days, you would never walk into a commercial PC discussion and talk about graphics, for instance, right. because in a, in a commercial deployment, it was like, oh, well, all we care about is productivity. Nobody cares about graphics in the workplace. But when you talk about a, a notebook that you're going to carry home with you, or on the road with you, get yeah. some work done, and then maybe you want to play Fortnite. It kind of changes the discussion a little bit. It's it's interesting because the sexy notebook didn't come around as one of the corporate workhorses, right? Those yep. tended to be big, bulky, heavy, black, square devices. And then you started to see consumers really buy into the idea of thin and light, uh, bigger, better screens, thinner bezels, all these other types of things that, that go along with it. How, how does knowing this either a change how you design products as a company or how you market and position these products. Yeah, sure. In some ways it simplifies it, right? Because the merger of the two of the two major routes to market in terms of there's the lines are very blurred between a, a workplace co- computer and a home computer means that that a design point that services both is the right solution for both markets, right? So really nice balance. So for across our portfolio, what we focus on is a really nice balance of CPU and GPU horsepower because um, you look at modern workloads and what the growing uh, paradigms are for computing, it's around gaming and graphics. And what we feel like is an underprovisioned um, graphics capability in most modern PCs. So we really focus, especially with the Ryzen product with that integrated Radeon graphics, is upping the level of graphics on board to the point where you clear the bar of being able to do what most people would assume they need a discrete graphics card for. So so that's kind of the focus for us is, is don't just sell a CPU and then wait for someone to tell you that want a GPU or don't sell them a big GPU and then try to upsell the CPU but give a nice balance of both because these as the as the requirements merge across consumer and commercial um, that one device has to service both so in a way um, it validates what we've been doing with the APU um, and uh, I think we see that again today in the adoption rate that we see we've got an unprecedented portfolio um, with our Ryzen products we also talk about not just the change in the user, the the consumer of these products, but also changing what those workloads yeah. look like. We talked about productivity, very typically being, you know, hey, I'm 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 basically in office, right, yep. most of the day, and that doesn't require a lot of graphics horsepower, right? right. So, it's important to be competitive in that space, which you are with yep. these products, but you also want to prove that for future workloads, more advanced workloads, how things might be changing, that you guys are better positioned. How's that different this time than it was, you know, a couple of years ago when you were doing these types really, of things? Really, it's the, honestly and simply, uh, it's the Zen core. So we now have a CPU core that takes us toe-to-toe um, with our competitor in any workload that's out there for the CPU. You combine that with our established leadership on the GPU side, and when you sort of uh, talk about that as a combined compute capability, what we have is now market leading. We needed to get that Zen Core out there to establish that balance. Um, and then we upped the game on the thread count too. Um, we felt like that the market had become stagnant in the number of cores and threads that an end user would get, um, three, four, five, 
about six, seven years in a row, um, we weren't changing or, or advancing the amount of CPU threading that the end user gets. Now, with what we just launched with Ryzen Pro, you got a four core, eight thread Zen product in a 15 watt notebook, which gives you the level of, of performance and multi-threaded CPU performance of like last year's Core i5 desktop. Right. So like a 91 watt seventh gen desktop from Intel performs in Cinebench NT the same as a 15 watt Ryzen 5 or Ryzen 7 on the mobile side. So it changes the way you think about what you can get done on an ultra thin notebook. As we think about the products themselves specifically, um, we don't need to go through all the all the different SKUs and specifications. Sure. But what are the keys that you know you had to shift and, and turn the knobs a little bit when addressing the commercial space versus the consumer space with these? Yeah, there's just a few things. The base silicon attributes are the same, so we don't. The nice thing is, is you don't have to relearn what Ryzen stands for as you move from consumer to commercial. The silicon base is the same, and the stacking Ryzen three, Ryzen five, Ryzen seven is the same. So we keep it simple in that way. And what we really do with commercial is layer on the security and reliability and manageability assurances that the that the commercial market needs. So we do things like we we extend the longevity of the product so commercial users can have them longer. We promise that we'll keep the the, uh, software stack stable. We actually bend our silicon to grab the highest quality units to put it in commercial so that we can actually give our commercial users a longer warranty. These are all things that IT buyers value. They don't want to mess around changing software stacks. They don't want to have to swap out CPUs every one or two years. And and they don't want to have um, quality problems and they want to know that they've got two, three years of warranty on these devices. So really, the, the differences between the regular product line and the pro product line are primarily around how we build up those commercial grade assurances to make this thing really you know ready ready for IT pros. Yeah. With with an emphasis on the mobile side, the mobile pro premium segment, one of the key you know components of performance is centered around battery life. Yep. And can you create a processor that's power efficient enough to be used and acceptable by a mass audience in in that way? Um, and it's maybe even more complicated now because there's even other players involved. You know, you've got Qualcomm and these Windows on ARM ideas, and even yeah. Microsoft's kind of pushing this idea of an always always on, connected always connected device. Yep. So how does how does the current Ryzen portfolio you know stand up in that regard? And then do you have d- higher emphasis on that in the future? Yeah, good question. So obviously, if you're building out a mobile product line or a notebook product line. All that cool performance stuff we've talked about is all irrelevant if you don't have long battery life. Um, and so that's sort of the beauty of that APU design as we built in all the power management features around that quad cores in and those 10 Vega graphics CUs that, um, for instance, uh, the, the notebooks that we're announcing today with our OEM partners have as much as 16 hours of battery life on Mobile Mark 14, which is kind of the industry standard yeah. battery life. And then, and then we also tested some other workloads like video playback and, you know, if you're watching movies or running a Skype, we can get 10 plus hours of battery life. So we're pushing the envelope on the efficiency side too. Um, obviously, you know, as we as we shift our emphasis towards the commercial market, they actually do have more demand for long battery life than it could, just apples to apples. A commercial device will demand longer battery life than right. a consumer device. So we really put a lot of focus on not just the silicon, but a lot of that battery life optimization is system wide with our OEM partners. So we're proud of what we've been able to accomplish, and um, we think there's room to to do better as we move into second, third, fourth generation rise. 
horizon as we get that to, as we tune up that balance of efficiency and performance. And then the other thing you mentioned was the connected PC. So I'll I'll spend a minute on that because yeah. that's near and dear to my heart. I think the the Qualcomm connected PC is a beautiful thing. The idea of um, moving up from where Qualcomm strength is in the mobile space into a mobile-like experience um, with a PC where you get super long battery life, you're always connected, and that experience that you're used to on your phone, you can get it out of your PC. So we actually applaud Qualcomm for what they've done, and we're partnering with Qualcomm actually to extend the concept of the connected PC, whereas they're sort of the more mobility-first uh, solution where your your value is thinnest, lightest, form factor, longest possible battery life, we're looking at extending the connected PC into the high performance space, which is, of right. course, where Ryzen shines. Sure. So sure. imagine you get a Ryzen notebook that's got a Qualcomm modem with it, and now you don't have to pick, oh, if I want a connected PC, I have to choose a mobility-first solution. Now, if you go Ryzen with a Qualcomm modem, you can you can say, hey, I'm really a power user. I, I love the idea of always connected, but I need it high performance. Well, you can get that as well. So yeah. stay tuned for that. We're All working right. on that now. As we, you know, one of the one of the big deals that you had here was that you had three big customers on stage to talk to media and analysts. Yeah, right? you had HP, you had Dell, you had Lenovo. Um, how do you feel about where you stand with all these three companies now? Clearly, for, from my point of view, you've never had a, a, a better portfolio, a better relationship with all three of these at the same time. I guess is worth saying. Yeah, I, this is really an inflection point for us. Possibly all the speeds and feeds. I'm a product guy, so the speeds and feeds are fun. Talking yeah. about what Ryzen can do is fun, but the thing that's really an inflection point of today is that for the first time ever, you have the three big commercial OEMs that together make up more than 80% of the commercial market, all standing up and saying they've selected AMD Ryzen for their highest performing notebook and desktop, high volume systems. And we frankly, Ryan, have never had that before. Like for instance, this is the first, uh, Dell is announcing the first ever AMD-based Latitude notebook, which is a big inflection point for us because Dell, Dell commercial notebooks are fantastic, and we've never been in that Latitude notebook yeah. before. And our HP portfolio is the broadest ever, and we are into the, the mainstream ThinkPad lineup where their, their high-volume commercial lineup is. So, look, it speaks to, A, the strength of Ryzen, and, B, the partnership we have with the OEMs. I'm humbled and, and thankful for it. Now we have to pay it off and sell a whole bunch of them. What about retail? This has always been uh, a difficult subject to broach, right? Um, you've got these guys selling. Obviously, online sales still are, are very, very important, but retail still holds an important oh, for sure. segment of this, for right? Sure. You've got your best buys of the world. How has your relationship with, with the retail changed with these products? Yeah, it's interesting and, and fair that you would say sometimes it's a difficult conversation with AMD because that market is big. And, and frankly, um, when we look at the the DIY type market that you mentioned, those tend to be enthusiasts, the kind of guys that read the reviews. They read what you write, Ryan. That's that's your audience, yeah. right? They love that stuff. Yep. And and they, they know that Ryzen's cool and they buy it. So we, we think of them as our early adopters and we ramped with them really heavily last year. This year is all about ramping into consumer and ramping in retail and then ramping into the commercial uh, space that we talked about earlier. And what you're going to see from us, and I sort of previewed it today, um, is you know back to school is a big inflection point for consumer retail where most of the OEMs reset their lineups, bring in their new mechanical IDs. You will see in consumer retail 
um, a huge increase, step function increase in AMD presence. So for instance, today I announced that um, you're going to see a 6x increase in AMD notebooks in Best Buy's Blue Label connection, collection, right. which is their high-end collection of premium, uh, of premium notebooks. Similarly, Microsoft has selected seven times more AMD-based products for their featured PC collection, which is they pick what they think are the best of the best PCs that they want to put their marketing focus behind. So that's just a couple of data points you'll have to see for yourself in the back half of the year. But what you're going to see from AMD is many, many more Ryzen-based notebooks and desktops coming to retail, and we're excited about that ramp. All right. One more topic that I think we need to touch on is, is security. Obviously, Spectre happened. Uh, it kind of changed the focus for a lot of the industry, both you know for you guys making products, for us covering products, people talking about products. Uh, so with in the commercial space where security is, I would argue, Everything. more important, yep. significantly more important than what you have in the consumer space, um, how, how does it change how you promote or develop these security technologies for your parts, knowing what has happened over the last, geez, it's only been three months. No, yeah. Five months. Boy, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting five months, right? So um, first of all, this sounds like a cliche, but I promise you it's not. Um, even before Spectre, before any of this happened, you know, security, if you're going to be a hardware provider, if you're going to put your silicon into devices where people store their most treasured information, security is job one from day one for us. So, um, it, you know, we... Security is a full-time job for us, and there are breaches um, uh, in that environment that we must address. Um, we are happy with the way that we've been able to address uh, Spectre and, and other vulnerabilities that have come up, and our focus is unwavering, and especially with, with the commercial part. Uh, you're right. Our Ryzen Pro customers worked with us very closely through um, through these vulnerabilities and tested as we came up with our mitigations. They were our partners as we roll out these mitigations, both on the OS and, and on the uh, system side. And really, it's, it was um, as, as much as it's a scare for the industry, it's also really great to see the industry come together to solve this problem. I mean, we're on the phone with um, with Intel, with with ARM, with oh, with Microsoft, with the Linux community, yeah. with all the OEMs, just banding together to go fix this. And yes, we learned it. We learned some things that will help us in future products. But I wouldn't say that that it was a divergence for for us because um, security inside you, a core microprocessor, as you can imagine, is is job one all the time. Right. And if we step away from from the the vulnerability specific question, as you look through your your secure MI portfolio, like security features, what kind of input or emphasis have you had from these customers of yours in terms of? I think the big selling point for for AMD is that you don't segmentize the product line based yeah. on who gets security or what product lines and how much you have to spend to get virtualization features or what have you. Yeah. So for us, it's just a simple value proposition that. Um, we believe that all of those assurances that we talked about earlier, um, the security, um, reliability, manageability, that those shouldn't be upsells. Those should be uh, built into every processor, and they are for us. So um, that is something that, that, that we use to sort of promote and differentiate what Ryzen Pro brings to the table. And I think it's a good message and easy to latch on to. Very simple message that, that uh, all AMD Ryzen Pro have the full um, the full set of commercial features, security, manageability, um, 
um, and all the reliability features. So that, that works really well for us. And it gives our OEMs an opportunity to just say, buy an a if you buy an AMD Pro processor, you don't have to wonder if you got the widgets. They're right. all in all the time. Right. Right. Very cool. Well, Kevin, thanks for uh, joining me on the podcast. Really Thank you, Ryan. It. Appreciate it, man. Sounds like you've got a, a good product and a good direction and a challenge ahead of you. But, you know. A uh, fun challenge, though. We look forward to yeah. it. And thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to find all the back episodes or find ways to subscribe, go to thetechanalysts.com, or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, all of those associated areas. Thanks. Thanks.